0: Hello, this is Greg Stolze, and today you're listening to an actual play podcast of my game, Million Dollar Soulmate.
1: And I'm Ben Meredith. I'm going to be joining you on this romantic journey. So, all right. Ben, if you don't know, is
0: the voice of the evil Elias... Bouchard. Bouchard. Mm, Oh, wait, sorry. Bouchard. Yeah. Uh, On the Magnus Archives, which if you don't listen to the Magnus Archives, I strongly recommend it.
1: Yeah, no, it's a solid one. It's always nice to be on something like this because I'm just a fan of the Magnus Archives as well. Um, And I'm also in a couple of other Rusty Quill podcasts, Rusty Quill Gaming, which is a Pathfinder Actual Play, and Stella Firma, which is an improv comedy uh, sci-fi podcast. Just to do my little bit of, hey, getting it out there.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Do you ever listen to Nicole Byer's podcast, Why Won't You Date Me?
1: (laughs) No, I haven't heard of that one.
0: Oh, it's extremely funny. She has uh, comedians on and is trying to figure out why she's still single, even though she is so desperate she would put up with any number of disgusting habits. And (laughs) she is on Nailed It on Netflix, which is this sweet, gentle baking competition with incompetent bakers. And on the podcast, you find out, oh, no, she's... She's not exactly the sweet, fun, lighthearted person that she appears to be when she's hosting a sweet, fun, lighthearted baking <laughs> show. She, she's she got heartache and has been through some trials, but she's also still hysterically funny. It's also very dirty. So just value all around. <laughs> okay. Awesome. So today for Million Dollar Soulmate, uh, it's... The game is broken up into three segments. The first segment is meet cute. The second is several dates. And the third is the scene at the boathouse. We are going to collaboratively create two characters. One of whom is a millionaire who has literally spent million dollars to use a computer algorithm to identify the person who will complete their personality. But what nobody knows, the millionaire is not aware that this may complete their personality by bolstering their good traits and making them more compassionate and brave and considerate, or it could complete the bad part of their personality by making them more rude and controlling and selfish. And you and I, the players, do not know which it is until the last phase. Okay. So all the dates have to be framed in a very ambiguous way. And we are constantly going to be analyzing them after each scene saying, okay, so if it turns out that this was a good relationship all along, how does that work towards that? Even if it's a bad scene, it could be, you know, this is, is a necessary catharsis to mm. to force the bad stuff into the light or uh, if it seemed to be a good scene, it could be, oh, well, this is just lulling us into a false sense of security. Yeah. So first and foremost, ambiguity.
1: Get it? Yeah. No, I like the fact that uh, the idea that everything that's pleasant is not necessarily good and vice versa. It's nice. Mm-hmm.
0: Sometimes growth can only occur through discomfort. Okay. Uh, if you've Yeah, Uh, but the first step of the first stage is for us to sort of set the boundaries of the game because I've seen this be a sweet, charming, romantic comedy and I've seen it turn into like a somber uh, literary tale of alienation. I've seen it do sort of uh i keep coming back to the korean revenge drama that it turned into in in one play test uh, which it was great it ended with they rolled that it was a was and always had been a bad relationship but they opted to stay together and figured out that what was so bad about it was that although they could get close they were they both were willing to let the other stay alienated and so they decided they were married but just gradually stopped talking to each other and became more and more lonesome and confused about how their marriage had failed oh no <laughs> it was it was <laughs> yeah. a deep dark uh dark thing and if it had turned out okay
1: uh, you know
0: it would have been okay <laughs> so as I mentioned earlier, I'm kind of having a rough day today, and so I'm hoping we can keep this a little lighter. But I also don't want to stifle Ben's creativity and be a dictator. What are you thinking? Uh,
1: no, I'm I'm absolutely okay with that. Obviously, you know, games are a conversation, so let's, it's uh, true. Keep it comfortable for both people.
0: All right, in that spirit, anything you absolutely want to exclude, where you're like, you know what, I don't want this to be like one of those. 80s Cinemax thrillers, where it's in the you know in the current climate, real creepy how much older the guy is, and yeah. So if there's anything you want to push off to the side, uh, I will. I, I've been doing the standard sort of boilerplate that the soulmate is unattached. At some point, I will pr- will probably wind up playing a game where the soulmate is married to someone else and the millionaire has to uh, wreck a marriage. But I don't know if I can face that today.
1: Yeah, no, let that's uh, yeah. I think um, I uh, wildly unequal power dynamics, obviously mm-hmm. the millionaire, but obviously you can have power in different ways. I think maybe getting away from that sort of like creepy manipulative side of things might be. Yes. That's well. And I mean, the game
0: acknowledges that i mean i know that's there you cannot you cannot separate that but you can acknowledge and steer into it
1: yeah i i guess um that's always going to be there yeah because as you say the the basic setup but uh let's not make it all about that i suppose yeah
0: and, and nevertheless The, oh, a millionaire comes and sweeps me off my feet and and solves all my problems is this enduring romantic trope Mm -hmm. Uh, and, you know, enduring pornographic trope. So there's uh, a reason people like it.
1: Every Christmas movie ever, I think.
0: Mm. (laughs) Bada bang. You do never see a Christmas movie about poor people, do you? ironic when you think about how it all started (laughs) all right so uh, i think we've got a good grip on our light tone Mm -hmm. uh do you want to be the millionaire or the soulmate
1: uh i i think uh the soulmate is is speaking to me at the moment so okay
0: all right so that means because the millionaire has so much uh disproportionate influence it within the, the fiction of the setting being rich and all the soulmate gets certain advantages under the rules and the first advantage you get is that you get to you get first mover advantage we are going to collaboratively develop these characters by answering six questions about each of them and we will each answer some questions for the other character now if i say something about your character that you don't like you've got a veto uh you know if we get to oh your place in society is that you're homeless and addicted to meth you can say that's a it's going a little far don't you think so uh yeah you've got that veto but honestly i've never seen anyone use it yeah because most people are down for whatever, and most people aren't trying to put the other player behind the eight ball. It's it's like you play games with people you think you'll have fun with. So the six questions for each, Did you read these already,
1: right? Yeah, I've had a, a quick read through.
0: Okay. So the six questions for the millionaire. Number one, why didn't you cheat and get... All the information available about this person why didn't you read their digital diary and check out every Facebook post and find out who their favorite band is you know why are you coming into this fairly ignorant what's the reason for that second millionaire question what is the best thing you've ever done that did not involve money third question what is a secret you never told anyone Fourth question, what is your erotic identity, which is, you know, the the increasingly complicated spectrum of, uh, you know, queer or cis, man or woman, the whole thing, you know, and could be, you know, as simple as what pronouns you use or as complicated as, I have this very specific fetish. So that's number four. It's always a fun one. <laughs> Five, what's the worst thing that ever happened to you? Not usually a fun one. And number six, what is the big trouble the millionaire escaped using money and privilege? So think about those six questions because you're going to be answering several of them. Mm -hmm. The six questions for the soulmate. Number one, what about you will astonish the millionaire? This could be just about anything. Um... This is one where the more positive it is, the more the game tends to be positive. If you pick that uh, it's something negative, that, that sort of throws a shadow over the whole thing. Yeah. The way the questions are structured, they tend to get more intense. So, you know, number one, fairly benign. Number six shows both of you at your worst. The reason for this is that as we roll to see what issues are in play in each date, we keep track. And at the end, the person who's rolled the highest, meaning they've revealed the worst stuff, gets to decide whether the couple stays together or breaks up. Sure. So there's a little bit of of mechanical balancing going on in the background there. Mm. So question number two for the soulmate, what do you know for absolute certain about love and romance? Number three, what is your place in society? This could be a job. It could be uh, a religion. It could be uh, a socioeconomic status. Really just what is uh, the broad category into which everyone thinks you fall. Number four, we've got erotic identity again. So if you ever get... When you get those dates where both fours come up, those are always super entertaining. (laughs) Number five, what circumstances bring out the worst in you? And implicit in this is some discussion of what that worst is. And number six, who is your enemy and why? So pick a question and recite an answer.
1: Okay. Uh, I think think, uh, to start off, uh, speaking of uh, rom-coms and Christmas movies, I mm-hmm. might take my place in society as being a brilliant but struggling journalist. Okay. What kind of journalist? Uh, so I am a, let's see, uh, I'm, I'm a literary critic. Oh, no. Oh, yes. Uh, And yes, I'm a a shining, a new shining star in in the industry, I suppose, or the discipline of literary criticism. Um, I've predicted the man Booker for two years running Um, and people at my, I suppose we shall leave it nameless, newspaper. But, uh, oh, or not actually, but what do we call that? I don't know. I'll leave that open for now because that might uh, geographically lock us in somewhere. If okay We kind of want to do um, Yeah, and then social class Like upper middle class Obviously I'm a, you know, literary critic So I kind of had to have enjoyed a certain level of privilege In order to be able to pursue that um career To be honest Yes
0: <laughs> So you probably got some money Outside of the literary criticism gig
1: Yeah, not not millionaire But definitely can afford an unpaid internship Or at least was able to at the start
0: There it is All right. Uh, So that is question number one for you. Next, we take turns. I'm going to answer a question about my own character. Uh, Then you'll answer a question about the soulmate. I'll answer another millionaire. You'll answer another soulmate. Um, Let's see. The secret the millionaire has never told anyone is that... He bribed his way to his first DJ gig on Ibiza.
1: <laughs> uh, I'm gonna be dating Pitbull, aren't I? Oh, I, I'm <laughs> not. <the> <laughs> he,
0: he, he's. Yeah, I've, I've got some <laughs> thoughts. <laughs> Great. All right. Uh, so, answer a soulmate question.
1: Okay. So. What about me will astonish the millionaire? My extraordinary snobbery, I think. Oh God, <laughs>
0: this is going to be great. I'm picturing this guy in track suits with neck tattoos. Just an absolute <laughs> garbage fire of a human being. This is going to be a treat. And I spent my entire
1: day um, judging whether it's literature or not. Oh genre fiction, honestly.
0: <laughs> so the best thing he ever did without using his money was he's written he's written a lot of songs, but there's one he actually thinks is great. I have to think of a terrible terrible title for this. <laughs> okay. Are we getting oh. that
1: title now
0: or uh is that going to be I'm to I'm musing on it. <laughs> uh who is the actress from The Good Place and Veronica Mars? That's Kristen Bell. Yes. Okay, so the song is Kristen Bell's Whack Eye. <laughs>
1: Okay. All right. All right. So Uh, for me... Oh, no, wait. (laughs) Yes, we're taking turns. Yes, okay. So I'm going to go for number five. What circumstances bring out the worst in me? And uh, variations on a theme here, but um, criticism of my work and the way in which it brings out the worst in me is I become incredibly uh, petty and vindictive, the kind of person who will not have an open confrontation but will work tirelessly to destroy the person who has wronged them wow so like backroom scheming oh yes yes ranging from uh you know schoolyard pranks to career-ending um trickery
0: all right so character assassination wow all right um And I've got one more. Oh, wait, no. I've said my two millionaire things. You've said your two soulmate things. So now we each answer two questions about the other character. (laughs) So, all right, I'm going to go for two. What she knows for certain about love. And I'm going to answer this with the, the answer I have come up with in my own life, which is, If there is something about you that annoys everybody you know, even your own mom is bothered by it, but there's one person who finds it cute, that person loves you.
1: Ah, okay. And um, what is the thing?
0: Well, oh, for me? For for me personally, it's whistling. My wife is the only person (laughs) who has ever heard me idly whistling and said, oh, it makes me happy to know that you're in a good mood.
1: <laughs> That's lovely. Yeah, um, oh, I, I did mean uh, for the soulmate. <laughs> uh, I don't know. We're going to have to figure that out. All right. Okay. Well, uh, do we want to figure it out now or are we moving on to the next question, do you think?
0: Up to you. Hmm. Uh, you know, Is it important for you to have this annoying thing?
1: I think it is actually right
0: uh... what is the thing that she does i i assuming i'm assuming that uh, do you do you want this to be a woman do you want this we haven't we haven't hit the fours yet so yeah that's
1: true that's true um i mean i am personally leaning towards uh somebody who identifies as male with he him pronouns because uh Ah. that is that is me and uh you know given that this is a a game that's going to be consumed by, or a particular game that's going to be consumed by a bunch of people. I, I don't want to, um, you know, misrepresent anyone uh, or show anything in a, in, a, in a bad light, given that I haven't given things the, or won't have given things the uh, requisite thought to uh, to do that. So at least for identity, I'll stick reasonably close to myself, I think. Okay.
0: Uh, I might play a, uh, you know, loose vulgar woman uh then just because
1: yeah yeah
0: i feel i can get away with it uh though i of course have nothing but the deepest respect for every gender
1: Mm -hmm.
0: all right but yeah are we going to figure out your your dude's super annoying thing
1: what is it oh uh I mean, I might be, yeah, this might be too, a little too one note, or if I'm making a rom-com character, they are going to be quite shallowly written until we get into it. Um, Maybe they start uh, muttering passages of recent books they've read under their breath. And to everyone, it feels like they're aloof and aren't really listening.
0: Okay. It's
1: It's also pretentious as hell. So, you know.
0: See, my immediate thought was uh, probably, du- is definitely darker than that, which is uh, David Foster Wallace said, had some saying about how he felt he was put on this earth to try and sleep with as many women as possible.
1: Oh, and I'm like, oh, that,
0: yeah, I I really hate his work, but... Uh, <laughs> It's, it it, it's, it's entered a a pretty vindictive place in my heart, but uh, I'm like, if you want, if you want to take it a little nastier, yeah, this guy's just a cad, but it sounds like that's not how you're leaning.
1: Mm. No, I think he is a cad in, in, in other ways. Like he's a, I suppose, uh, an academic or like thought he's a, he's a cad in an intellectual space, I suppose.
0: Right.
1: Intellectual Uh, bully. Yes, absolutely. 100%. I am also going to just pull down a copy of Shakespeare so that I can recite things to myself. Sure. Uh, Uh, What? You can't do it from memory? (laughs) uh, I'm the worst English student in the world, but absolutely not. No. (laughs) Okay. So that was my first question about the answer
0: about The Soulmate. All right. Uh, What is... All right, give me an answer for the millionaire.
1: Okay, right. So, what have we had so far? You haven't had the cheat code option, right? I have not. One? Okay. Why did you take? Didn't you take the cheat code option? I. So I think potentially um, it's just an idea of of fair play. I like the idea that you know, as as a DJ, you're kind of you're up there, you're putting yourself out there. Um, and kind of to, although you've used your money to get the the certain off, um, and to construct the meeting, you don't want to have an unfair advantage, right?
0: Right. So, and you know,
1: confidence. Yes, that's it. If you can't do it off your own back, maybe you have like a, this kind of sense of fair play extends as far as, uh, you having a crap load of money and then it kind of just gets a bit muddled and mm-hmm. you don't really notice that element of it.
0: <laughs> All right uh so i've got one more for you right so i'm gonna go with who is your enemy and why and her name is beverly (laughs) montcrieff Whom you slept with and then trashed her novel, and she has not been able to get anything published since.
1: Oof. Yeah, that's uh, that's fair. That would make an enemy of anyone, I think. I've All also right. the only uh, copy of Shakespeare I have near me is... Uh, children's story version of them, so I don't actually have any Shakespeare <laughs> <experience to>, uh, <laughs> that, that feels like maybe not the kind of thing the character would uh, would enjoy.
0: <laughs> and then Lady Macbeth sang the King of Lullaby, and he slept <laughs> so deeply. Oh yes.
1: Oh, I've got a copy of Beowulf, that'll do. That's oh, there you go. <laughs>
0: okay. Uh, all right, give me another... We've got one unanswered question for the soulmate, and Three for the millionaire. Okay.
1: So this is a step five. Yeah. I think I don't know where we are. All right. I've gotten lost. Okay. (laughs) Let's uh, let's um, fresh out the millionaire, I guess. So, so which ones remind me which questions have you had answers to?
0: All right. Why no cheating? Mm -hmm. Fair play. Uh, the best thing that she has done without using her money was writing. Kristen Bell's whack eye, <laughs> and the secret she never told is bribed her way to her first DJ gig. And so we are left okay. with erotic identity, the worst thing that's ever happened to her, and the big trouble she escaped with money and privilege.
1: Oh, okay. The worst thing that's ever happened to you is um you didn't cause, but were present um on a really uh horrible yacht fire in the Miami Keys. So there was another artist was having this, you know, cool yacht party, something went wrong, and uh a lot of people got injured. Maybe someone died. It wasn't like a, a, a an absolutely horrific thing, but it's still like there was there was a death, and uh that's um you were, you were right up close to, not the death, but that that whole event. It's pretty horrifying to be on a burning boat.
0: I think the guy who died was called DJ Archangel. Oh, no. He's Cow. in heaven now.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if that were a novel, uh, my cat, I feel the soulmate would probably roll their eyes when they read that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. Uh, 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 uh. so your first question was, okay. So I think I have the last soulmate answer or we, yeah, man, you would think I would be better at playing a game I designed, but, (laughs) (laughs) but apparently Stradivarius was not actually that great of a violinist. Uh, so (laughs) we've, we've slipped one somewhere. Um, I think. You're going to answer two more questions about, uh... now I get the last question about the millionaire. So I've so got, what? so yeah, I'm answering a question about you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. No, we're, we're actually on, uh, on schedule. I just have to describe what your erotic ID is okay. and we'll just go with straight dude.
1: Okay
0: and yeah tempting as it is to put entitled as an element of your sexuality i'm gonna leave that (laughs) off just as a favor (laughs) to myself um (laughs) all right so you've got the choice between uh the millionaires erotic identity or the big trouble she escaped by being riach oh
1: oh they're both meaty questions um Hmm. does the uh does the other question get answered at any point or is it left oh yeah a... okay whichever
0: one you don't answer i will answer
1: oh cool okay hmm in which case i'm going to leave you the option of four i think um and yeah the big trouble you escape with money and privilege so i think think you does this work i want to say like maybe you emancipated yourself from your parents but in such a way that you still got a huge amount of money so you could live comfortably and independently from them wow oh
0: i have thoughts about how that took place which is that (laughs) It it basically, probably one of her parents is dead and the other is, was judged mentally incompetent. Oh, God. So her and her siblings just are like, okay, we're taking over now. Dad right. is not in a place where he can run, where he can run the blood emerald mines anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: no. Okay. Oh okay so uh have you got a name do i have a name uh i should and that name is going to be hmm, stephen stephen hill hislop So, double Barrel with Hill Hislop, Stephen Hill Hislop. There you
0: go. Uh, Her her government name is Agnes St. Christian Valmont. (laughs) But she goes by DJ Footy.
1: DJ Footy.
0: (laughs) Uh, Erratic ID, uh, hip hop bisexual.
1: Okay.
0: Okay. So, the first step of or the last phase of meet cute, I guess, is that the millionaire player, in this case, me describes how their character ensnares the soulmates. Mm-hmm. And so this, <laughs> and the presumption is that this ensnarement works. Yes. Cause otherwise there's no game. So I'm picturing Agnes St. Christian Valmont is like, five foot one and teeny tiny and is always in these puffy track suits. Uh, She has the skyline of a major city. I haven't decided which major city, but it's tattooed on her neck like a choker. (laughs) I'm like, New York, Seattle, London, which has the distinctive skyline? It's not Los Angeles. Um (laughs) I'm thinking probably Seattle. So she's got that. And also a third eye tattooed in the middle of her forehead. Bold. So extremely, extreme don't give a fuck energy. (laughs) Just radiating off her in waves. And she finds out about this guy and reads some of his columns and is like, really? Huh? Really? Huh? And then find, finagles an invitation to a very high-end literary soiree that he pretty much has to attend because it's his job. Yeah, yeah. Where she sticks out like a sore thumb, gloms onto him, and uh, you know basically convinces him to play hooky and go get tacos with her. Okay. And that this works because well why does this is he having just like a a spectacularly dismal day and hasn't he's like oh I've seen all these people before. I know he's going to be trying to score with her in roughly 36 minutes. He's going to go on and on about the time that he got in that fist fight with the guy who displaced him on the New York Times bestseller list uh, <laughs> she's going to bring up her squabbling. yeah she's gonna bring up her tenuous family connection to Sylvia Plath over her third drink it's all it's all so tightly scripted what the hell
1: is that thing <laughs> yeah I like that I like the idea that yeah he's he's so Bored of the same old and is definitely feels like the kind of person who becomes so wrapped up in themselves. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Having this other person, having Agnes come in and just, yeah, blow a hole in the wall, even if it's not necessarily something he would necessarily like, is so different and exciting that uh-huh. it's like, okay, I have to see what's going on here, you know, for good or ill, obviously. And, right. Uh, and at this point, but. At some point, you
0: know, probably ask, why is she here and not getting thrown out? And it's like, oh, yeah, her family owns a good 40% of the paper. So.
1: Ah, nice. Okay. We
0: always send them invitations. This is just the first time anyone's responded. Mm
1: hmm. hmm.
0: All right. Uh, so do you want to play for through that or do you want to just say okay that worked and they make an appointment to get a first proper date the week after that or something uh
1: i i think i'd like to have maybe a, a short conversation at the taco truck uh-huh. so like the the hook's already in he's mm-hmm. gone with it, he's already bunked off um so yeah like just just uh, seeing that like that question of like, why did you come here? I think I would like to uh, to play through. Oh,
0: well, you know, I've always been a huge fan of Colette. And when I uh, read your thing on the new scholarship about Colette, I thought, oh, wow, if only I could meet this luminous intellect and have uh, the beams of light that radiate from his powerful brain. Hit the dirt that is me. Maybe some beautiful plant will grow up, and then she takes a giant
1: taco bite. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> uh, well, um, I suppose. Well, I, I have to say, I'm I'm flattered, obviously, by that. Well, quite frankly, you know, pretty obvious. I see what you're trying to do here. But um, What well, am I
0: trying to do here? I hardly ever know what I'm trying to do.
1: Well, the beam of light that shines from my brain onto your dirty form, uh, he says, I suppose looking at her in a way that very much implies that he does not think uh, her form is dirty at all. Um, so I think there's a, there is a little bit of lust there. Aha! Yes. Um, oh, yeah. She, she
0: would hop up on a stool, you know, Cross her legs in a rustle of tracksuit vinyl and say, "Oh, it's not my my body's perfectly clean. It's my mind that's dirty." Hold on a sec. Pulls out her phone. <laughs> my, I'm clean, baby. It's just my mind that's dirty. Maybe <laughs> with John's track.
1: Hang on a minute. I've I've got lost. Pulling out phone to show off like. No, clinic? she was making a note to herself. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Uh, um, wow. Well, uh, dirty mind, eh? Um, that's... Well, maybe at some point I might be able to um, <clears throat> explore that dirty mind in conversation.
0: Maybe... I have never seen a guy turn as red as you are now, excepting <sighs> natural gingers. Wow, you look <laughs> like a lobster.
1: Well i I suppose I'm not really used to somebody being so forward, um, but um, yeah, uh, but maybe we could get drinks or, or something. Maybe, maybe you, maybe somewhere that you. Uh, in your world, I suppose my, my world can be so <laughs> boring sometimes. Eh, every I think there's only one
0: world, but that it is so vast that going from a storefront in Brooklyn to going to like uh, a wet market in China is pretty much the same as traveling to a whole different planet.
1: Yes. I wrote a
0: song about it called Planets. Really? You wrote a song? Is it, um... is it that?
1: It, why the note of surprise, English boy? I, I, I just, um, may I inquire as to maybe the, the genre of this song? I don't think it's one I've, I've heard. The
0: genre is awesome. And she pulls the phone out again and dials it up. And it's terrible. It's just <laughs> like terrible derivative club music
1: and uh yes yeah, so Stephen looks absolutely mortified that somebody is playing their phone in in a public space where other people can hear it so like, oh no well I, I uh yes no that's um that's fine uh I I get the I get the point I think you know the, the broad the broad beat uh, as it were um I I I must confess I haven't really listened to that sort of um <clears throat> music before uh But, um, well, I mean, maybe we could go somewhere where you can show me that sort of music.
0: All right. I know someone who's spinning next Friday. It's this club that's illegal. It's great. Oh yeah. Uh, People wouldn't go there if it was permitted under the law. Right. It's, It's whole identity. Is this transgressive? Oh, yeah, the cops could raid this place at any second. That's the whole vibe. It's gotten to the point. They're so nearly legit that really now I think the only crime they're committing that hasn't gone into that thing. What's that thing where you do a crime, but if you wait long enough, the statute of limitations
1: Mm -hmm.
0: is actually the bribery for the previous crimes. Hmm. Hmm. So it's like meta crooked.
1: Okay. Uh
0: yeah. Sort of yeah, give me your time. Uh give me your phone and let me put my number in it and get your oh, number. Uh,
1: yes, no, of course. Uh sh- absolutely. And
0: I'll I'll send you the address and uh, some of my better nudes.
1: Uh, uh right. Yes. Of course. All right. <laughs> and so he goes home thinking, "What happened?" Uh. Absolutely. More like, uh, yeah, that was a, a bit of a blitzkrieg of uh, of conversation. All right. So now we enter the
0: dates phase. Okay. All right. So roll a die and I'll roll a die and this will tell us what <sighs> is involved. This seems okay.
1: appropriate. What'd you get? Uh, uh, my extraordinary snobbery is coming into play.
0: and the secret that she never told comes into play okay so one of these is the problem and one of these is the solution that crops up on this date
1: okay i mean the natural assumption is the snobbery is the problem right i don't know i can see how it would
0: be a solution the circumstance could be they show up at the club She gets asked to go up on stage and spin some records just to be polite and vaguely tries to get out of it. And then the club owner's like, no, 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 we really want to hear you. And then she does it because they've misjudged the dance of politeness. And so it winds up that she has to play even though she doesn't want to and he doesn't want her to. (laughs) And it's terrible. Mm -hmm. And people start making comments and then... Stephen Hill Hislop sweeps
1: in and destroys them. Okay. okay. But does it work? Oh, so what's the secret that, remind me what that is? That she bribed
0: her way to her first DJ gig in Ibiza. Okay. Hmm. Well, it could also be that he finds this out from someone or overhears it and they have a huge argument.
1: Oh, interesting. Okay,
0: which could go some direct some distance towards like direct di- towards redressing or addressing the power differential between them. So far, she's just kind of been pushing this guy around. That's true, and it could be that this is where he's like, you know what, you're not as cute as you think, and you're uh-huh. not as talented as you tell everyone.
1: Yeah, so maybe it is the thing of like she doesn't really want to, but is asked to play a set. Then that's terrible. And then one of the the comments that Stephen overhears is like, well, I heard that she didn't even, you know, break properly. She had to bribe people in order to get where she is. And then he kind of confronts her about it because the music is, he thinks it's crap. And it's like, pff, do you even have a talent? All right.
0: That's where we're going? I think so. All right. So she shows up, the rolls in, she's playing the big shot, buying drinks for everybody. What is Stephen wearing?
1: <laughs> so, oh, oh! Does he do his version of dressing down? I think he does his version of dressing down. Um, so <laughs> I'm going. I'm going to an illegal club. I'm going to wear dungarees. Well, I think it's three-quarter length jorts.
0: Oh no!
1: A oh no! Tank top, but with a waistcoat. so he looks he basically looks like the extra of of a sort of mid-90s song like hip-hop song for children's education (laughs) Uh, so yeah he turns up like that because he's like this is this is what cool people wear i suppose who are in the music world
0: uh and i'm picturing her in like a semi, di, a, a sort of diaphanous, semi-transparent iridescent track suit. Wow. But this time, like giant stiletto high heels. So now she's like, suddenly she's like 5'4". And with okay. her hair all teased up, 5'8".
1: Ah, and I think actually, yeah, we didn't establish Stephen's height. And I think uh, with, with a height of 5'1", the differential is important. I think he's about 5'7". Okay. So he's slightly on the shorter side. Um for a man. And maybe the fact that she's slightly taller is uh, not a a motivator, potentially of, of the argument. Maybe he feels a little bit emasculated by that.
0: Well, it's only her hair that is now taller than him.
1: (laughs) Anything though. Right?
0: Yeah. (laughs) A fragile ego takes only the tiniest little tap. Mm -hmm. So yeah, shows up, uh, towing you. Everyone's kind of looking at you and, Tilting their head and then looking at her and smiling the way that you know party people do when someone with a lot of money comes in. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry, was that cynical? It was maybe a little cynical?
1: Well, <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't necessarily disagree. <laughs> I didn't say it was wrong, but it's that's cynical.
1: True. Yeah, that's very fair.
0: <laughs> yeah, gets up there, is spinning it, but it's just even hating the music you can tell this is not how it's supposed to be
1: Mm -hmm. gauging the reaction in the crowd like the dancing slowly fades off to sort of muttering with maybe a few people who are completely oblivious still going for it um and i think he he overhears a conversation at the bar because maybe he's hanging around at the bar because you know he's feeling a bit uncomfortable in this situation there are a couple people having a chat um Oh, I
0: totally heard. She slept her way to the top. Oh, not even that cool dog. She bought her way to the... Don't you know her family's, like, got
1: blood-emerald-mind mu- money? <laughs> I'm uh, terribly sorry to I- I interrupt. Um, what, what, was, what was that about her? She bribed her way up there.
0: And the guy just looks at you. Do I know you? No, I don't think I know you, because I would remember and regret it. And I'm already feeling regret that I'm even having this conversation with you, and just turns
1: his back on you. Right, well, I suppose I used some long words there, so you probably don't understand, mutters to myself, turning away. What? Hmm? What? Oh, I, um... What? Uh, Would you, uh, like a drink? (laughs) Yeah, Okay. (laughs)
0: And that, that's that's the key that unlocks the story about how oh yeah she she paid this club owner and I be, she basically redid his floor and it's a nice floor.
1: <laughs> uh, cool. It okay. it
0: should be called the DJ Footy Commemorative Dance Floor, but not for <laughs> the good reasons. <laughs> And you know, the woman he's telling, the, the, the woman who was with him is like, you're so funny and mean, but mostly funny. <laughs> and yeah, you're all snickering when uh, Agnes waltzes up to the bar, uh, orders some clear drink the length of her forearm and, you know, has to pick it up with both hands to drink it. And it you know, starts just sort of chuckling, not knowing what the chuckles are about. <clears throat> so that was an... Interesting set. I didn't see you didn't dance. I gotta. I, how can I? How can this even be called a date if I don't know if I'm not getting some idea of how you operate your moneymaker?
1: Well, I suppose I would need uh, some compatriots to, to dance with, but nobody was really in the mood, it seems. So I thought you were supposed to be a sort of celebrity here, weren't you? Oh, I don't know if I'd say celebrity. She preens a little. (laughs) Well, I mean, I suppose people who spend a lot of money around always become a celebrity of sorts, regardless of, um, well, talent. Hey, what? Listen, I
0: refuse to act ashamed about having money. Everybody wants money, and that, and yet, when you have it, you're supposed to pretend that you don't. This is you. British are famous for this, right? Isn't it your queen the one who's always driving around in a beat down Land Rover?
1: Well, the you know the 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 yes. Well, it's 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 not very proper to sort of flash your cash around. There's such thing. Why as not? Because of class, obviously.
0: Yeah, well, uh, you know, class consciousness is something else that the British are famous for, right? So, wait, are you assuming that I am, what, some kind of ignorant knucklehead because I can't be bothered to pretend to be poor
1: when I'm rich? No, I just have heard maybe that you bribed your way up there. And and quite honestly, I, I think that is, well, it
0: shows. Wow, she turns extremely pale. And just turns around and walks out. I'm a critic. I have to be honest with my opinions. Are you going to follow her? Are you going to stay at the bar? I think I'm going to follow her. All right. She's just walking down the street. I'm just giving Uh,
1: you some honest feedback.
0: Some guy comes out and is like, hey, can you spare a quarter? And she shoves him out of the way.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I'll kind of stop at that point because I think she's obviously much, much too angry to, to be talked down, and uh, look, look down at my phone, uh, consider deleting her number of like, well, that's a lost cause. Um, accidentally see, go into the gallery, see some of those nudes, and think okay. <laughs> it's probably worth another shot. And I think I don't know. Do we think okay. the day ends there, and we we have? Oh uh, yeah. I yeah, think yeah. that's okay so okay so in what way
0: could this be positive for her is you know could be that this is a wake-up call she
1: needs that was where up my head was at for the for, for the positive definitely the negative though well I mean the negative I suppose is uh it just it helps her double down on this like fuck you I'm rich attitude Ah, you get some snobby Brit coming in and judging her, and uh, yeah, like as a representative of maybe everything that she feels like she's fighting against, even though you know to a mistake, she is that.
0: All right, okay, so then what happens next?
1: I think that it's Stephen who puts out the olive branch, as it were yeah it
0: seems like the the ball is definitely in his court at this point mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. all right so let's see let's roll for date two. Oh
1: yeah oh, oh what did God.
0: you and we got to keep a running total
1: yes Of so what we rolled one last time i rolled one again this time so it ups to a two yeah
0: yes and mine was a three and i get a 5
1: okay man
0: i was hoping that uh, i keep winding up due to the the vicissitudes of the dice being the one who decides if the couple stays together or not because ah. if you have the highest total at the end that's that's your prerogative but like i'd like to see someone else do it and yet <laughs> here we are so okay this has to do with The Yacht Fire. Oh, wow. The Death of DJ Archangel. And your knowledge that if there's only one person who finds something attractive... Yeah. All right. Okay. So how does he make amends?
1: Yeah, so I think that... So the way that he tries to make amends is that she's obviously very spontaneous and, um, you know, out there and bold. So maybe she's the kind of person who would like surprises. And he kind of entices her back with this promise of a surprise and the surprise that he has planned for her, because, again, there's this whole conversation about class, is like maybe he'll he'll show willing and have a bit of um, obvious expenditure. And um, he has booked a table on a floating restaurant um so it's not millionaire territory uh but he's got some means himself so has has booked a really nice table in probably like a really really lovely river restaurant that's floating on a boat all right uh so yeah she
0: shows up dressed a little more normally okay uh you know you can still see she she's even kind of pulled her bangs down so they're kind of draping over the uh forehead tattoo. Uh and yeah, it shows up uh so I guess if it's a boat restaurant, you would have to board all at the same time.
1: Oh, oh, I was thinking it was it was docked, but actually I like that. Yeah, it's like a river cruise kind of thing. Okay. That that makes that's nice.
0: So yeah, you you arrive there, and she's sort of standing in line, arms folded, and she's like, "Oh, when you offered me a surprise, I thought it was going to be that you were going to be, I don't know, polite or nice or something, but I guess a boat's okay too."
1: Well, I I am being polite and look, I'm sorry. Okay, I was uncomfortable in that situation and i lashed out for all i know your music is extremely good and that was a bad crowd uh i'm i'm a literary critic not a music critic so for
0: all you know i mean how do you the the great thing about music is that it's universal and if you got the beat that makes you move your seat it doesn't matter what language it's in
1: well maybe it was just the wrong beat or that night my seat was not in a in a in a in a mood to be moved you know uh, people have off nights so uh,
0: some some places have bad energy but
1: uh i'm just asking for a bit of a fresh start
0: well i may have gotten mad because uh, no nobody jumps when you put your hand on the place that doesn't hurt you know what i mean mhm it's yeah.
1: I know. I mean, it's,
0: it's true. I, uh, I did kind of bribe my way to the front of the line. Speaking of which, she, you know, takes your hand, (laughs) goes to the front of the line, slips the guy some money. And she's like, oh, my feet are killing me. These shoes are ridiculous. And you have to agree because even though she's dressed down a little bit, the shoes have these like three inch platforms.
1: (laughs) Uh, Well, I suppose a little bit of money can go a long way
0: you have no idea i mean the music business is one of those things where yeah you really can get these come from nowhere success stories but honestly they're not as common as you want them to be like everything else it's there's a lot of who knows who and nepotism and whatnot
1: oh you're telling me Well, one of the reasons I was so keen to get away from that party to begin with was I just knew everybody and everybody knew everybody else. And you were the only interesting or new thing that turned up.
0: (laughs) Thing. Nice. Aren't you supposed to be a writer who takes care with his choice of words and whatnot?
1: I am not a writer. I am a critic. Oh. Yes, I write.
0: But but only in pursuit of the larger goal of... Engaging with the writing other people did?
1: Yeah. Well basically, yes. And you know, everybody has and, huh. How many people you... read your column? Read my column? Well, uh my column is one of the more popular things in, in the Seattle Times. I'll have you know.
0: Is it though? It is though. I kind of want to find out, I kind of want to go on Twitter and say, all right, which do you go to first in the paper, the literary review or jumble?
1: Well, one, I don't have Twitter because quite frankly, social media is a waste of time. And number two, I I think, well, it depends on who you ask. Uh, I suppose that's true. Uh, most Twitter,
0: Twitter is more like anti-social media, but you you know, if you, if you want to be in music, you gotta have the media presence. Whereas I suppose if you want to pick apart literary fiction, it's a different, what different galaxy pretty much. Yeah. I mean,
1: I know I, I know some authors who are on Twitter, but uh honestly, I just think it's a bit crass on it, you know, really. Your work should speak for itself. You know what
0: Well, okay, there we agree. But if a but if work speaks for itself, what's the point of the critic? If I'm thinking of music critics here, do I need to read a 1200 word analysis of an album when i can just listen to it and make up my own damn
1: mind no so this is the problem look some people don't know how to like things so it's our job to tell them whether they should like it or not you know we're better at this now we're professionals who doesn't
0: know how to like something you just like
1: it right speaking of hey what are you drinking me oh i'll uh Oh, I suppose I'll I'll have a vodka tonic. Uh right, yeah, we'll make that too. But no. So, I mean, you, nobody ta- did anyone teach you to like a vodka tonic? Well, actually, yes, it was my my mother's favorite drink and uh so I picked up the taste.
0: Wow.
1: Okay. That's That's
0: interesting. My dad was a martini drinker and uh he used to say, "Oh, martinis are like breasts." where one's not enough but three is too many but then later on in life after mom died he uh he stopped saying so much about three being too many right
1: what's an interesting analogy
0: (laughs) are you do you really think it's an interesting analogy or are you just saying that while you think about breasts
1: uh can't it be both
0: fair Uh, All right. So how does the how does the yacht fire come up? (laughs) Well, um, (laughs) yeah,
1: we need to get to yacht fire and you muttering passages from books. Yes. So so potentially there is a not like, oh, it's happening again. But there is possibly, uh, you know, when uh, people are um, like flambéing stuff, you get that That they're in the kitchen. Yeah, and it's got it's like it's got an open kitchen or the fl- or someone orders the flaming greek cheese. Ah, uh, yes, and then all of a sudden there is fire around.
0: Yeah, okay, so she probably makes a terrifyingly unladylike sound when the flames go up and she like f- jumps
1: back. Yeah. Okay, maybe knocks over a table. So like no one gets hurt, but it's it's very embarrassing. Yeah. Okay. I- okay. She's like,
0: uh, sorry, that really startled me. Uh, and at that point, the boat lurches and she kind of stumbles into Steven.
1: Okay. So this is so I think at this point, yeah. Maybe uh the, the comment uh that he made about you know making a scene before, he's a bit like embarrassed on her behalf and maybe a little bit uh put out by this. So the problem is that he's he's been put off again. So I think maybe it's it's like at this exact point, not much of an issue. They get back to sitting down. They get back to continuing their meal. But at this point, Stephen's a little more distant and cold. It oh, feels I like... see. I was
0: I was picturing. Oh, okay. uh, it le, le, may I interrupt? Yeah, of course. It's a terrible habit of mine, but uh, <laughs> I was picturing you know she stumbles, he falls. You know they're sort of got the eyes looking into each other. And he quotes something from, what's something that has, uh, you know, a line about boats being on fire? There's got to be something in Homer about that.
1: (laughs) Uh, Oh, what about uh, Bloomin' The Tempest? And he does Prospero's bloody thing about Helen of Troy.
0: Okay. And she's like, is that The Tempest?
1: You know the Tempest? Well, I did have. I, I I went to school. Okay. Well, sorry about the American education system. I never really trusted, but uh, fair enough. I went to private school. Oh, yes, of course, in well, Switzerland. Oh well, well, there you go. No problem then. Fair. Well, uh, so what else do you like of of the Bard's? Honestly, I'm more of a fan of his poetry. Um,
0: I I always loved the series of um sonnets he did where he's sort of talking about the two women or the two lovers. I know there's literary discussion about whether he was actually a bisexual and that maybe one of these lovers is a man. So I always I always found that uh to be a little more interesting and I I, I don't I don't want to sit down for a whole play uh, you're gonna you're not this is not gonna make you like me but the idea of sitting still through a whole bunch of monologues uh, just i can't do it my attention spans too qu- too small
1: well i have to say i've never liked the theater either and honestly all these modern ad- adaptations of shakespeare are just Terrible, to be honest. They're always trying to reinvent the wheel in a way that doesn't really need to be done. I mean, you just got to read the prose; just read it, and you can see the the skill and the artistry there.
0: <sighs>
1: Wait, so you think that I that you think that a person
0: who does not have the energy and time to sit through a three hour play is going to take six hours to read that same play?
1: Well, you can break it up. You can't tell the actors to stop, can you? Well, maybe you could bribe them to do.
0: Hey, what?
1: That was a like, joke.
0: It's like your jokes are mean. You make mean jokes. Well, of course, you're
1: also mean when you're serious. Well, maybe, maybe I'm just a bit mean. I am a professional critic. Maybe it seeped into my soul. Uh, could be. I don't know. Um,
0: and I'm sorry about getting jumpy there. Uh. <laughs> I haven't been on a boat for a while. I kind of developed this fear of them. Check this out. And she leans in and points to a part of her scalp. She's like, I don't know if you could hear, feel that. You feel how it's a little rough? Yeah. That's a little bit of a scar. My hair caught fire when I was on a boat fire.
1: Holy shit. Really?
0: Yeah. It was. Yeah. Oh, it it was in the news. It was a. it was a mess. We were down in Florida and, and as she says this, her eyes kind of go distant and she's kind of got that, that so no shit there. I was Vietnam vet thing going as she Mm -hmm. mumbles her way through how it was. It was fun, but we didn't really know exactly what we were doing. And then the barbecue got knocked over and everything just went up and one minute everyone was laughing and the next everyone was screaming
1: mm. okay i think at this point it's um so steven's been like like transfixed by the story um and then sort of absent-mindedly like he's kept his hand on the sort of scarred bit of her uh-huh. head and mutters something about uh i don't know enough literature to be honest to to be able to do it off the top of my head. But uh, there's got to be some them in passage about, is it Kitsuguri? The Japanese gold, you know, putting pots together, back together to make it more beautiful when it's broken, kind of thing. And he quotes some like really pretentious passage about that. Um, in sort of like basically it's your scars that make you beautiful, is like the the general uh-huh. intent of it. Um and that's the kind of thing that has, yeah, made other people basically tell him to fuck off. Um
0: and she just gives this very affectionate snort, looks you right in the eye and says, nerd.
1: <laughs> yes. Yes, I suppose I am a bit. Quite. And
0: she starts giggling again. Like, <laughs> it's okay uh, though. Everybody's gotta be
1: something. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I suppose they do. Would you would you like another drink?
0: i think i'm good uh i think two's enough
1: okay three then, might be um, too many well i'm stuffed if i'm honest so maybe yeah. we should go somewhere else sure all right so is that is that scene or do they go somewhere and do something else oh i was thinking your place or mine was the okay
0: impression all right
1: because i think so, that yeah went quite well yeah so they go off rolling
0: the hay He finds out about all the other tattoos and (laughs) uh, okay. So now date number three. Now this does not have to be in chronological order. This could be another important date, like three months later.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, do we need to, should we do the, what could have been good or Oh yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Absolutely. Well, I think. So what could be good is that they're both showing some vulnerability Mm-hmm. And she is uh, you know setting aside the the aggressive facade a little bit and and opening up about stuff that really hurt her mm-hmm. uh, and they're both more, uh, becoming a little willing to deflate each other and be deflated.
1: Yes, definitely, but on the bad side, oh, that was almost a relentlessly positive scene um... <laughs> <laughs> Oh no, I'm losing my touch. <laughs> what could be bad about that
0: hmm. uh, well that she gets into his pretentiousness
1: that's true yeah maybe he yeah he just encourages her to be a bit more of a a snob herself <laughs> okay
0: and you know she did reveal that she knows shakespeare and yep. so okay all right so should we roll for the last date yeah i think so all right so did we get did we get covered how that could be bad
1: yeah i think it yeah it invites her into a pretentious mindset
0: Uh, and you know maybe even deeper
1: than that
0: it they each feed off each other's desire to self-inflate yeah oh yeah it's like oh what's better than one egomaniac it's two egomaniacs each trying to be the principal
1: egomaniac. Oh god, that yes, that could become just extraordinarily insufferable. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, and yeah. we got 6. Oh, there's no chance for me to catch up. Yeah, I got a mere 5. Mm-hmm. Ooh. That's my the thing that really Gets me going. My worst thing—that's criticism of myself becoming extraordinarily petty.
0: All right, and the and it it's involved with her parental emancipation. Oh, okay. So, huh, which is the problem and which is the solution? <sighs> it's hard to see how criticism turns me into a petty saboteur is a solution to anything
1: yeah yeah i i think so i think that's the problem
0: uh all right so the solution will uh you know for better or for worse is going to be that she has all this control of all this money mm-hmm. um so is it a few months later they've settled down into some sort of regular thing
1: Yeah. Now there's a question. Are they the we're going out type or is it more they will periodically meet up for a fling and like neither of them are saying like, oh, this is a full relationship, but it's, you know, it's slowly morphing into that, even though they're like, "Ah, we're still, you know.
0: We're just friends. What are you talking about? We're friends. We do things together as friends. Friends with benefits. Occasionally we have sleepovers. Uh he said I love you the other night
1: and I didn't know what to say back. But we're yeah, just friends. maybe maybe that's it. Maybe it's it's just after he blurted that out. Uh-huh. And, it's and the day after that. Okay, yeah, he blurted that out
0: and she like turned absolutely she was just like in shock
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: the beat dropped as it were <laughs> so okay. this is the date after that and um let's see he doesn't strike me as a big movie watcher what is something they could go out and do a uh, a gallery opening oh yeah but it's like
1: cool and funky right okay all right. What, and this is Are they have they have they traveled for this? Is this like have they gone to like the New York, uh, Yeah to New York or something? As, like, no, whole, I think it's in their hometown. Okay. Okay. So still in Still we in Seattle, Seattle? apparently. Yeah we, have, yeah, we kind of
0: we defaulted to that, but you know, the Space Needle's cool.
1: Yeah, we were we were guided by a neck tattoo, as it were.
0: <laughs> hey, if you get everyone needs some touchstone in their life that they can turn to times of need and mystery for resolution <laughs> and a neck tattoo is as good as anything else right yeah.
1: a full <laughs> if, if you
0: in me. the in these troubling times of coronavirus you may find consolation by consulting your rabbi imam priest or neck tattoo <laughs> So yeah, they show up. Uh, so that they, they're going to this uh, this opening, and her older sister is with them.
1: Oh right, okay.
0: And and talking, and they're kind of muttering about dad. And when you show up, you over here. Listen, you have got to step up with Dad and Agnes. Saying, and I thought the whole point of the way we arranged things was that neither of us would have to do that. Would have to, you know, see what's that. We could just sort of wait for God to do His thing.
1: <laughs> oh, hey Stephen. Hey. hey. Sorry, am I interrupting something here or?
0: No, 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 no. You you remember Evelyn. And she's like, Stephen charmed as always.
1: Evelyn? Yes, likewise.
0: Uh, Let's, let's, oh, oh, there's your old friend, Monty. You gotta go say hi to him, uh, uh, Evelyn. Uh, Stephen and I are gonna hit the bar. She gets another one of her two-handed beverages.
1: (sighs) Yes, well, on a quick glance, I'm going to need it with all of this, um, well, whatever they put on the walls. You don't like it? I I think it's cool. It's, uh, sort
0: of an evolved three-dimensional graffiti take.
1: Right, but driving an entire ice cream truck in here is just, I don't know. Did they have to take the wall off? It all seems a bit much, don't you think?
0: Do you not like ice
1: cream? Well, I I do, but they're not serving it. It's, you know... That's the art, right?
0: Yeah, the art of having no ice cream. Oh, mm-hmm. here I got you something. Is it ice and cream? No, it's uh, oh. it's a key. So yeah, you can just if you want to move some stuff in. Um, I can, you know that that room that overlooks the west. Right. I can I can get that cleaned out for you if you want.
1: Oh, y- yes, I I think I'd like that. Yeah. Okay. Um. Brilliant! All right, uh, thank you.
0: Hey, gives him a little kiss on the cheek.
1: <laughs> cool. Uh, all right, so I guess how do we get the the self criticism in here? Well, we could
0: always maybe... just have Beverly Moncrief show up. We
1: that's that's where yeah, that was my thought as well.
0: <laughs> yeah, when you. Would you have a Beverly Moncrief on the wall in scene <laughs> one? She's got to go off by the end.
1: A Beverly Moncrief on the wall, you say? You mean she's a uh, double threat and is an exhibiting artist here? As oh, well she's as trying to
0: reinvent herself. Yeah. So there's there's some of her some of her linocuts are up.
1: Yeah. Okay. That makes yeah. So so I. Trashed her novel so badly that it just destroyed her career as a novelist. Mm-hmm. Like any chance she had in literary circles. Oh, grim. What a bastard.
0: Did you ever hear? I'm trying to remember which critic it was. Oh, no, it was a playwright. And there was an actor whose name was Guido Nazio. And in his uh, uh, review of a play, he just wrote, Guido Nazio is Nazo Guido. Oh. And it destroyed the man's career so thoroughly that the same guy who is also a player I's like I got to give him work to
1: make up for what I did. Oh wow. Yeah. <laughs> oh goodness. For just that. Wow, the power of a pun.
0: mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Well, when it's your name. Yeah. All right. So we're walking around and see the... uh, Oh, and yeah. So Agnes is like, Oh, I kind of like this one. This is fun. And she's looking at one of Beverly Moncriefs, and she's like,
1: Maybe I should get this. Uh, Really? In your house? Well, Uh, our house now. uh, Yes, but well, if that's the case, having something by Beverly Moncrief in there is quite frankly unacceptable unacceptable
0: what have you got against look at this it's you know it's got that fun little duck and the
1: colors are
0: bright and it would go well uh with with the the sofa
1: i've got beverly moncrief is a hack and a fraud she wouldn't know the right side of a pen if you stabbed her in the face with it and apparently that's the same for her art wow So, oh, you know this woman? Well, we haven't met, but um, I know her
0: work. And at that point, you know, Beverly comes up. That's a lie. He's a liar. Okay, well, maybe we've met once or twice. And she gives some specific description of your person where it's like clear that she's seen you naked
1: well maybe three or four times but it was look it was a short run thing and that was before i'd read any of her novels and
0: she's like so my novels are more important so harming my novels was more important than cherishing me as a person have you read them and she's like i don't have to read them i wrote them and well that's agnes- the problem agnes is like whoa 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 whoa!" so you two hi Magnus, me and Steven are kind of going out. Uh, so, you didn't like your book, huh?
1: No, I did not.
0: And she kind of gives him a little nudge uh, and, and, you know, one of those head tilts of, hey, be cool about this. And it's, well, you know, different, fo- different people like different things. He didn't like my music at first either. And I'm just picturing Beverly saying, if you stay with this man one day, you will wake up in the morning, walk into your kitchen, pull out the heaviest cast iron skillet you can find, go back to bed where he will be lying, snoring with his mouth open, and terrible, terrible morning breath. And you will look at him, you will raise that heavy cast iron pan, and you will beat him to death, and you will use the pan because the knife would be too quick. And I, Agnes, kind of looks at her and looks at you, honey.
1: Trust her to be derivative, even in her threats. Who is that derivative of? Anyone,
0: everyone. Come on, honestly, this is your problem as a critic. And she's like now poking you in the chest. I'm sure a small circle is is gathering yeah. around. You make accusations. Poke, 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 poke. but you do not cite specific examples. And even the, I've read and done word counts of your stuff where you talk about how you actually liked a book and you give it a good rating, but 82% of the column is about the 20% of the book you didn't like. You can't like things. You're not set up to like. (coughs) And Agnes just kind of takes her arm and is like, maybe you don't want to be near him right now. And she slaps Agnes's hand off
1: and then what? Ooh, then what indeed? I think, yeah, it's, uh, he throws his drink in her face.
0: <laughs> it was bound to happen. Yeah. Uh, okay. So I think probably at that point, she goes for his eyes and the security people have to haul <laughs> her out. <laughs> Uh, so I'm, I'm picturing it movie style where, uh, she's like, you know, where she's yelling at him and he just throws the drink in her face and then stands there looking snooty like he expects her to just slouch away. away, And then you have the smash cut where he's sitting, uh, with like
1: Agnes dabbing iodine on the cuts on his face. He's like, ow, ow. Got, uh, I got some tissue stuffed up my nose. Wow. So, <laughs> I kind of want to ask if she was a
0: spitfire in the sack, but I also am worried about the answer.
1: <sighs> well, her abilities in bed were better than her ability to write, at least.
0: <sighs> Hold on. And she pulls out her phone. Note to self something about how she was better than on the uh on the bed sheets than on the sheets of the paper oh, that's not very good is it
1: <laughs> uh no comment <sighs> oh, right <sighs> wow
0: maybe you shouldn't have thrown that drink at i mean i'm not saying she should have gouged your face up like that wow you're you're gonna look like Manuel Noriega if those don't heal up, right? But I don't know.
1: You couldn't. You couldn't have chilled her out. Well, people can just be so wrong sometimes.
0: Isn't a certain amount of uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Ambiguity. Not quite ambiguity. That thing where one person likes something and another person doesn't like something and you just agree to disagree, isn't some measure of that necessary to have any kind of culture?
1: I mean, I suppose. But that's not my concern. I just... Ah, especially when it's as bad as her work. Oh.
0: It seemed kind of personal, and... Maybe it was unprofessional to, you know, put your dick in an author that you were going to review.
1: Well, maybe it was. uh, I don't have anything for this. Yeah. Please just go home. Yeah.
0: Well, you staying over tonight? I
1: think. I think it's best if I went back to my place just for now.
0: Sure, sure. I get it. I just, uh, yeah. So, I mean, and if you want to keep the place and not like move in, move in, that's fine. That's, you know, and she's kind of just her whole body language. She's turning her body away and not meeting his gaze and pulling her hair down so that it forms a curtain between their eyes. Just everything possible to create distance. Okay. As she says, "That's fine. That's fine." Hmm.
1: How do we think the uh, her relationship with her parents factors into to the scene? Is it maybe Evelyn comes back at this point? Oh maybe yeah,
0: distracted. Evelyn's like, "Well, her work's flying off the walls."
1: <laughs>
0: Dang. Hmm. And you know, Agnes is like, "Oh, did the one with the duck
1: in it sell?" so um oh, yeah i'm trying to work out a uh, next step uh
0: hmm so okay yeah uh evelyn's like i don't think dad can be by himself anymore and you know evelyn's like uh, agnes is like by himself he has a full time caregiver he uh, yeah. He lives in. Uh, you know, he, he's completely maintained, and Evelyn's like, "Look, physically, he could go on for another twenty years, but he the the doctors say he needs to have familiar faces and familiar people around and familiar and be in in a familiar setting. They think he should move back to the house." And Agnes kind of draws herself up and folds arms is like, if you want to move him back there, well, you're living there now. So it's your house. And if you want to hold, you know, if you want to, if you want to have dad, that's great. That I'm sure he'd love that uh, to the extent that he's capable of loving anything. Evelyn's like, I can't do that alone. And I think he needs you. And Agnes is like, that's, I don't accept that. I think you're just saying what, I don't think you're a dementia expert, and I mean, if he needs familiar faces around, what about the nurse who's been with him for for years and years? What about all the staff? Uh, you know, he always he certainly spent more time with them than he ever spent with us. I'm sorry, uh, I'm I'm sorry, Stephen. Uh, let's. Did you drive or did you take a uh, how, did you did you take a cab or why? We've got the car service. I can I can get you sent home. So is this Agnes or Evelyn at this point? speaking to Stephen. Uh, this is Agnes speaking to Stephen
1: okay I think yeah the out here is is while they were talking Stephen's kind of picked himself up uh, and sorted himself out a bit more uh, looks a little bit more composed says I'm I'm sorry I mucked up tonight uh you were dealing with some difficult stuff um why don't I come over tonight at least and you know maybe you could use some company
0: And she says, oh, if it's no problem, but she just like brightens and glows at the thought. Cool. All right. So the good could be that she is willing to call him out on his bullshit and that he is willing to get past his selfish desires in order to console her when things are tough.
1: Yeah. I think the bad is... um his like this brief uh brief glow of like selflessness um kind of retreats back and she is she becomes even more self-centered based like they reverberate on each other so this like situation with her father you know from talking to him she becomes more and more adamant about how it's not her problem anymore
0: Uh uh-huh in the same way that, you know, neither of them even... Su- she kind of suggested that maybe you could have been nicer to this woman, but none of them was willing to entertain the idea that, oh, yeah, you really broke her. You really... Yeah. It was a clearly quite a one-two punch.
1: Yeah. Yes, absolutely.
0: I was waiting for the idea, you know, for... The classic exchange, I slept with you and you still gave me a bad grade. Oh, you earned that bad grade.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it's, yeah. <laughs>
0: wow. That's okay, I got, a, I got a sidebar for a minute. Have you ever read uh, Dan Savage's columns?
1: I haven't, no.
0: Okay, so he writes uh, sex and relationship advice. And there was one column I remember where this woman wrote in and she's like, so I've been in a relationship with my college professor and he's married, but they're separated. And he keeps saying he wants to make the divorce final and be with me. And we had this intense physical relationship and I thought everything was great. But then when I finished his class he just seemed to lose all interest in me and said that he's trying to work it back out with his wife and he's, he's uh, cut me off. Did I get played? <laughs> and the answer was just, yup.
1: Woof. Yeah. Oh, dear. That... <laughs> Speaking of bad rom-com characters, that college professor.
0: Yeah. The worst. The worst. <laughs> <laughs> yep and such a hackneyed trope i know right it's like, <laughs> guys be good or if you have to be a shit could you at least not be the exact same kind of turd that so many men before you have been
1: yeah, yeah. all it right it needs to be interesting i suppose <laughs>
0: <sighs> all right so at we're ready for the scene at the
1: boathouse, yeah. Okay, so I think you've uh, you've you've won the score game yet again,
0: yeah. I, I can't stop myself, but <laughs> what happens here is um, we will roll and see if it is and always was good, uh, but first. What are you rooting for? Are you rooting for Steven to be the person who makes Agnes better and probably in her case, better means more mature? Hmm.
1: I oh, I don't know. I mean, personally, obviously, I want them to be better people. Uh, and right. work. But narratively, I don't know. I think they' both they're both really solid like op- uh, outcomes, really.
0: Well, they, yeah, that's fair. They are, they seem like the B characters in a rom-com that like there would be his best friend and like her cousin would be the main characters. And they're just the wacky couple in the background. (laughs) And so it could blow up and still fit within sort of the rom-com vibe if it's a cautionary tale that's true um, yeah i don't know i think i am rooting for them to be good and stick together mm. or but if they're bad i think they should break up in a gigantic dramatic
1: way oh yeah no these are not the the loveless marriage types i think
0: <laughs> whatever their faults whatever their flaws yeah that's not them so okay way it works right. the way it works Roll a die, roll my die. If it we total them, if it's even, it's good. I got a four. Oh, and I got a four. Okay. It works out. It's a healthy relationship. All right. And I'm gonna suggest that what happens at the boathouse is that it's dad's birthday. And they're going out to the estate where. Evelyn now resides but you know dad is there mm-hmm. and it's just intensely awkward because he uh, the, the doctors have been like yeah you should take him out of you're one of the few families that has the resources that you really could have him at home safely and it would be so much better for his mental and physical health but especially yeah. mental and the daughters have kind of been like, oh, but we're doing our own thing. And so, all right, what happens in this scene where it is the the revelation of how Stephen has made Agnes a better person?
1: Hmm well i think i think the fundamental thing is uh based on that the, the final conversation of the third day it she makes the decision to help her sister
0: all right so he's like, she's she's gonna come home to Manderlay or whatever mm.
1: yeah and maybe if it's gonna work like oh maybe this is scene we play out but the moment where steven's like and i'll come with you <laughs> All right.
0: So I'm picturing that dad actually kind of, he's not a hundred percent into it, but he knows where he is and who he's with. Mm -hmm. Uh, Agnes probably has some kind of headband on to cover up the eye tattoo. (laughs) (laughs) And like a, a high necked dress. Sure. And so, yeah, they, they, he, he, you know, recognizes her and they have some kind of talk and he's like, let's go down to the, you always loved boats. And she's like, ah, I'm not so crazy about boats anymore, but I, I guess we could. Yeah. And and he keeps thinking that you're some guy named Francis.
1: Sure. And I'm, I think, yeah, Stephen at this point is, is playing along just to, you know, keep things not about him uh, and keep it like focused on yeah Agnes and her father
0: all right so the 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 two of you help him walk down to the boathouse yeah. and as he's you know dealing with this little sailboat you can see that his hands remember how to do everything uh that you know his manual skills seem to be unimpaired and he knows how to sail this boat and yeah. uh so the, the three of you uneasily get on and set out into the lake. and uh, But it's it's a pretty... You know, it, it, it's a lovely day. And he feels more comfortable sailing and not talking. Yeah. And uh, at some point, Agnes takes your hand and she's like, I really don't want to move back home. I really don't want to get re-entangled in this and i really don't want to give up on my music however fraudulent it is but i think maybe i have to yeah i think i have to do
1: it well i and like looking over at her father um i think i think that's probably the right decision um and well i thought to be honest uh I kind of expected that answer from you and I've been doing some thinking of my own and um, well.
0: And she's already like starting to pre-withdraw. Yes. Because she's expecting, you know, we'll always be friends and hey, when you get Mm. into Seattle, we can hook up.
1: Yeah. And I was thinking, well, I I can do my job remotely. I don't really have to be anywhere. And so if you'll have me, I'll I could come with you and help help you out and you know, all the all the literary parties in Seattle are so boring anyway, so I'll be glad to miss them. And she says, Oh yes, Stephen, a thousand times yes. Huge
0: kiss. And the dad's like, Whoa, Francis, you be careful with my little girl there. <laughs> and roll oh, credits. Yeah, I think roll credits. All right. Oh. So if if we were in person, this is the point at which we would shake hands. Which All right. I, I wanted did- that. <laughs> they, clearly, this this game was written pre coronavirus. Yeah. Uh,
1: well, a, a digital handshake to you, Greg. Yes. Thank you very much for having me. Yes, that was fun. Uh, do you feel like the arc went well? I think so yeah no i really i really liked it as i said this is the first time i've played a game that is is like this and actually the first time i have played a, a two-player game yes. um so no it's been a it's been a really 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 good experience i like the thank you the um the healthy balance between having enough structure so that you don't have to do everything yourself and like it manages the intimacy really nicely um, yeah, is, yeah really it's nice. not like
0: it i i i I worked on that. Uh, romance games are hard. People mm. seem to be much more comfortable with a game where they kill a bunch of people than a game where they reveal emotional vulnerability. But, uh, you know, I suppose that means it's an unexploited economic niche.
1: So. <laughs> There's that cynicism again.
0: <laughs> Boy, I'm sure hoping.
1: <laughs> oh, no. So. Well, it was it's fantastic. I will good, definitely good. be recommending it to people.
0: Well, thank you so much. And it was a pleasure uh, playing with you. The art for this episode of Million Dollar Soulmate was provided by Anthony Delanois, via the Unsplash website. The music is Ravel's Sonatine 2 Mouvement de Minuet. That came from the Muse Open website. Million Dollar Soulmate The Game is available through itch.io and DriveThruRPG. All rights reserved.